All right, guys, so you heard it right there. So it's energy, it's enthusiasm, it's edification, it's not everything. You've got to get this right. There's a lot of dysfunctions out there. It's very easy to be a dysfunctional CEO. It's very easy to be a dysfunctional chiropractor. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are excited because there has never been a more important time to be an on-purpose person, pulled by purpose, pushed by mission, then right now, I don't know where you're at in the world, but I know where I'm at in the world. The world, there's a shaking going on on the earth. There's never been a more important time for leaders to step up and to be in the position that they've been called to be in, and that is you. Each one of you who is listening are a leader. We are speaking to you as leaders. Each one of you has been put in a position of authority and influence. You have a responsibility, and we understand that, and that's why this podcast matters. We were talking about this prior to this podcast, about how important it is right now for each one of us to continue to show up, to be ready, to be prepared, to be able to execute well with our teams, for our communities, for a greater purpose, and this podcast exists because we know what you do matters. And we are here together journeying with you. And so thank you for tuning in. If you're new to our podcast, welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Yes, this is dedicated to chiropractors, but this is also dedicated to the people that chiropractors help, which is humanity. So this is dedicated to humanity as well, because if we do our job well, that means everybody wins. So we celebrate that as we gather here uh, today and we dig into more understanding of what does it truly mean to be a CEO. We know that clarity is the greatest accelerator. Your level of clarity determines how fast and how far you go. So in a time such as this, when it's critical that you are performing at the highest level possible for you, for you to step into the next level of your leadership, it's so critically important that you have clarity around what does that look like? Like, who do I need to become to lead this organization? As the CEO, what is exactly what does that mean? So, Pete, let's have a conversation about what does it mean to be a CEO? What does that look like? We need to be able to shut our eyes and see ourselves in the future being a next level leader and saying, oh, okay, so now I get it. That's what I'm called to do. That's who I'm called to be, right? So, the CEO, man, we talk about the CEO all the time. Today, we're going to talk about the E's, the three E's of being the CEO, because, you know, for most busy chiropractors, you know, when we first meet them, uh, they think the E in the CEO stands for chief everything officer, right? <laughs> like doing everything. And that is, that is not what we mean. You hear us say chief energy officer. We're not talking about your energy. We're talking about the collective energy of your team. So really our role as the CEO is to determine what's important now and what's important next. Our job is to, to collect and direct the aggregate energy of our team and point it in the direction of what is important now and what is important next. So that's the first E in CEO. 
The second E is enthusiasm. You're the chief enthusiasm officer, right? So an enthusiastic or enthusiasm, when we say enthusiasm, we're not just talking about this like contrived, you know, generated, fabricated energy, like everybody, okay, let's be positive and let's just love on everybody. And remember, you know, you got to choose to just be enthusiastic about everything. I'm talking about the genuine and authentic passion that comes from a group that's on purpose and aligned on a mission. So CEO means the chief enthusiasm officer. And I want to unpack that further today. And then finally, the third E in the CEO trilogy is chief edification officer, chief edification officer. You're the person who your role, your primary role is to surround yourself with A players only and to lift them up, lift them up into a place of authority, lift them up into a place of responsibility, right? And then edify them, recognize them, catch them doing things right. The big idea here, Dr. Pete, as we've talked about is the CEO ascension is really about us getting smaller as our team gets bigger. CEO, the third E is chief edification officer. All right, guys. So you heard it right there. So it's energy, it's enthusiasm, it's edification. It's not everything. We've got to get this right. There's a lot of dysfunctions out there. It's very easy to be a dysfunctional CEO. It's very easy to be a dysfunctional chiropractor. You know, our premise in the remarkable practice is that you can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life and not instead of one. That's a big idea. There's a lot of dysfunction that's out there. If you study and understand business and you understand even, you know, take outside of chiropractic, just business in general, there's all sorts of dysfunctions that exist in the marketplace when it comes to business. And so the things that we're teaching here today actually in many ways solve a lot of the issues that you're going to see that leaders struggle with. And, you know, again, with the CEO, the concept of CEO, I don't know what your vision is when you hear CEO, if you think, you know, this big, tall skyscraper and some corner office with glass looking over the city, big cigar, foot up on the desk, bring me my coffee and my, you know, croissant and, and you're there and you're just making decisions and you're putting the hammer down, you're firing people, you're making big deals. Like, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I... I didn't have a real understanding. Like I had that, like maybe that might have been a little bit of the picture because I had seen that in Hollywood, and maybe that's been my understanding growing up. You know, in the New York area, New York, New Jersey, like these big buildings and CEOs living there. But it was it was an awakening that I went through, and I started understanding really what's the what is the role of a CEO? What is the what is that job? What does that position exist for? And it's ultimately a position of servant leadership. It really exists to actually bring the most out of the potential out of an organization. It's to, it's to maximize and optimize potential in people, in processes, and in you know, what we're doing. And so that's what we do. So as chiropractors who many of us bootstrapped this thing right from the beginning and it was just you and you figured it out and then you, you maybe hired one person and you got a little bit of success, maybe hired another person and you know, and then so you've built this team around you and you've got this business and you're like, how do I be the CEO with me and a couple of people on my team? Like, I don't think they're talking to me. We're talking to you. Yeah, we're talking to you, man. This is where doc, if you're listening to this in a car, pull over because you're going to want to be taking notes here today because we're, we're talking about your favorite subject, you, right? So this is, you know, this is what, how you behave is literally going to decide 
What is the productivity of your practice? What is the production of your practice? What is the result of your business? And beyond that, your household, your home, your personal life, it's all this. This is you as a leader because you get, you take you home with you, right? So this is really, this is not just about you sitting, running a team meeting effectively, right? So this is like, who do you become? This is more a being than a doing thing. So, you know, uh, you know when we look at this first one, Dr. Pete, energy, you know, we like to talk about superpowers. Maybe number two is my superpower, right? So enthusiasm. I'm a very passionate person. I'm either, you know me by now, brother, I'm all in or I'm out, right? So it's I'm 100% on or I'm off, right? And that's just the way I operate. So for enthusiasm for me comes naturally, right? But if number two is my superpower, number one, the first one, chief energy officer, that is my kryptonite, right? So because I was a very effective owner operator, I love labor. I love to just do it. I'm a doer, right? So it's like, just give it to me. I'll do it. And of course, you know, when you operate like that, you're running your business on horsepower. It's a pound of your flesh. It's an hour of your time. And for me, taking that, making that transition and being like, listen, as a CEO, as a chief energy officer, your job is to delegate to A players to train and equip them in the systems that you've established and then create reporting systems and meeting rhythms. So it's, you know, train, then trust, and then let it go and let them do it. Man, the directing other people's energy and just literally telling them to do the things that I know I could do and, you know, maybe do better, you know, in, at least in my limited view at the time, I was like, just give it to me. I'll do it. By the time I taught you, I'd already have it done, man. I'll tell you what, that has always been a steep and slippery slope for me as a CEO. You know, I'm a doer. I want to just take it back and do it all myself. You know, it's probably part-time, I mean, part two parts Clydesdale, one part control freak. But that's the big challenge for me as a CEO is to revert back to wanting to do things myself. Man, I don't know about you, but that's been my kryptonite throughout my career. You know, it's reminding me of in the office when I'm adjusting, it was... I was very particular about the temperature in the office. So as you know, chiropractic is a very labor intensive, you know, job. And, you know, in my experience being a chiropractor, I was always uh, very, very busy, busy and productive, I would say not busy, but productive. We served a lot of people every single day. And, um, and so I always had my temperature that had to have the thermostat set at a very specific temperature. So there were days and times when I'd be in the gestatorium adjusting, just going after it. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm sweating a little bit more than usual. Now, you gotta understand, like I, I always, you know, I get warm and at the end of the day, I mean, I shower coming up. I'm like coming off the football field. You know, you come home, it's like you gotta shower up at the end of the day, it's like that. But I was a little bit more sweaty than I should be. And I'm like, I, I'm very curious what's going on. And this is what happened periodically from time to time. And I'd send one of my team members back, hey, can you go check what the temperature is? And you know what? They, they would go back and they would, I, would, I would see it was one degree higher than what it needed to be. And I knew that if it was at 71, that it was going to be, that it just wasn't going to work. But if it was at 70, that it was going to work. Because I knew that at 71, there's a little bit of humidity that kind of creeps into the in the office. Now, what my team doesn't understand, because they're cold behind the front desk, whatever, everybody's cold, and then everybody wears sweaters. I tell them, hey, long sleeve sweaters all year round, just because 
they know that in the adjustatorium, it's hot in there because patients are coming in, there's body temperatures, multiple bodies in there, it gets warm, I'm moving, they're moving, and it's, it's, it gets hot in there. I'm like, listen, you got to set the temperature for the purpose of why this place exists, which is this moment right here. And I said, in order for me to be focused, in order for me to be productive, in order for me to be able to execute well and be fully present with the people and not distracted, I got to have the temperature set at 70. It has to be that. And, you know, it's interesting because that was it's so important for the energy. So when you talk about setting the energy, my team knew it has to be set at 70 because that is how we do our best work. And one of the first jobs of the CEO is to set the energy to determine how will we do our best work. There has, there's an energy that determines how we do our best work. And it's like a thermostat. We set it. We set it so that we can do our best work, so that we can do what's important now. It's very important. That comes from you. And our team's job, my team's job is to make sure, hey, at the end of the day, they pop that thing up because we don't want a huge electric bill. So at the end of the night, bam, the thing goes up. But in the morning, first friend that comes open the door, they know they wait, pop, 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 knock it down. Because by the time the docs come in and patients come in, hey, we got to be ready, right? So it was that type of thing that was so important. It set the energy. So doc, it's, I got to just make sure that we understand as a CEO, it's one, one of the three E's is energy. It's setting it and directing it. So I set the energy, say it's 70, and then I direct it by saying, guys, and I deploy it and then it's delegated. I don't have to think about it, but when I do have to think about it, that's the issue, right? So this is, this is a big part of, okay, what does it mean to set the energy? That example, extrapolate that out to your marketing, extrapolate that out to your team training and hiring, extrapolate that out and see how would that apply to how you personally show up and how your team shows up. Yeah, it's so good, man. I'm, I'm laughing right now because if any of my CAs or associate doctors from the past heard you say that, they just start laughing because I was all about that. It's like, there's a very, I run hot, man, and we're moving. And there's a very, very specific temperature setting where you function best, right? And there's a sensitivity to that, right? It's a lot easier to warm up than it is to cool down, especially when you're going to be moving, right? So, you know, you went to the physical energy space and that physical taking the temperature, let me take that metaphorically into the second E, which is enthusiasm, which guys, as the CEO's job, your job is to be able to be able to walk into a room and take the temperature. You should be able to take that metaphorical temperature. You'd be able to just take this, check the state of your team at team huddle, to check the state of your waiting room, to check the state of your hot seats and relaxation center, to check the state of what's going on in the adjustatorium or in the exam room. You have to have an awareness. You have to have a sensitivity, a sixth sense, or what we know to be the seventh sense of just be able to be aware, take the temperature of what's going on. And, you know, enthusiasm is one of the things that you're measuring is what's the charge on this? Like, where's the enthusiasm, which is another way of expressing passion, right? So where's the passion? Are we, are we passionately on purpose? If that purpose is true, if that mission is true to you and, you're, and you have been recruited into that mission and you're participating passionately, I'm going to pick up on that enthusiasm. If you buy into and subscribe to the premise the, in our office, the premise was very simple and straightforward. The families that are in our practice are healthier and safer than the families that are not in our p- practice, period. Hard stop. 
right? So if you buy into that premise, there's going to be a level of enthusiasm that's going to come across that front desk. It's going to come across the phone. It's going to come across in our social media. It's going to come across in our marketing. There's an enthusiasm that you can sense. And the CEO has, a, has that ability to walk in any room and check it and look around and be like, you know what? The enthusiasm is not where it needs to be and it needs to be appropriate, right? There's a different level of enthusiasm when you're greeting somebody who's in for their 100th adjustment. There's a different level of enthusiasm when you're meeting the child of a patient for the first time and getting their spine checked. There's a different level of enthusiasm for the person who's showing up to hear the truth about their health and their individual report of findings and have their exam results read to them. There's a different level of enthusiasm when it comes to the call to action at the end of your better results, faster workshop, et cetera. You have to have a sense of what's the appropriate level of enthusiasm that's very specific, very targeted. And the CEO's job, your role, you're responsible for that tone. You're responsible for that state of the environment of your practice. Much like as a father, you're responsible for that state in your home. You can walk into a home and watch a father. And I'm talking about fathers right now because I can't speak as a mother. I have no experience there. As a father, I take very seriously my role of the state of my home, the state of my children seeing how I communicate with my wife and she communicates with me. My children have a certain expectation that when they walk into our environment or they're in an environment, there's going to be a state and I think that in the home, the father, if they take on the role of CEO of that home, a big part of your role is to set the enthusiasm of your home, right? Same thing translates into your business yourself. Your team members, they're not children, but they look to you for that level of enthusiasm and they count on you to be that CEO. Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Yeah, this is such an important subject. And, you know, I immediately go back to some very practical, tactical ways to be able to do this. And, and I, I, I can't move past the importance of the daily huddle. And, you know, when you talk about enthusiasm, when we talk about setting and directing energy and then enthusiasm, which is taking the temperature on in these different rooms in these areas, what I have found is the best way to do that tactically is in the, in the daily huddle, the pre-shift huddle and then the post-shift huddle. Because what I have found is that if someone's up, because energy is everything and energy is, it, it comes from us. Like we carry energy, right? We're force, we're force field. So people, the patient comes in with an energy, they come with energy down or energy up or energy flat. And so I'm not asking everybody to always be up high. Like you said, it's not this, this false sense of positivity or whatever, but it's, it's an actual decision. It's a discipline that says, I am choosing, I'm making a choice, conscious decision to focus my energy and be enthusiastic about this work that we are doing here now today. And it's a discipline. It's, and, and that's why, again, you, and you said this, Dr. I want to press in which is that's why you have to be pulled by purpose. 
which is why we go back to the four things you got to get right when you're getting the right people on the bus, which is number one thing, the first thing they, that people have to share or working with you is they have to share core values and they have to be compelled and moved by the vision. The vision pulls you, it pulls you forward and you have to share those core values. And that's why if you're analyzing even your own business right now and you're saying, man, and the energy is the really hard thing for us. Like I, I've got, I think I've got a good team, but I'm just not sure about the energy. It's like, it's up, it's down, it's all around mine, theirs. I'm not sure if it's me or if it's them. If that's an issue consistently for you, I would go back to, again, looking at that, uh, at the team, because what I have found is that if we don't do the first thing right of the four rights, we don't get the right person. It's not that they're not a good person. It's not, it's just, they're not the right person for this position for this work. Right. And so it's just that. And so if that's off, which means they don't share our core values and they haven't bought into the vision story, which means they're not pulled by the purpose and they're not pushed by the mission. Every day feels like you're pulling and pushing. You're pulling and pushing, pulling and pushing. You should be able to show up in your daily huddle and just be like, we're good. We're ready. Because people have been trained. They know that the expectations has been set. This is how we show up. This is how we do what we do. And so the, I find that the daily huddle is one of the tools. I know it's, very, it's a tactic, but it's a tool. It's a strategy, but it's, it's such a, an important part of that finger on the pulse. How are we doing? How's everybody doing? And you don't have to ask that question. All you got to do is feel it. All you got to do is look. It takes a split nanosecond, a split second. You just got to feel it. And immediately you can just, and you can address it if you have that type of trust established with your team, which you should, which is the foundation of every enduring relationship is trust. And if you have that, you can handle any conflict in a moment. You can handle it and settle it quickly. And I love that. And that's what I love about the daily rhythm. Because again, we could, this, if this doesn't get solved today, it gets blown out of proportion. It can. And we've got to make sure that we keep that. So as, as you set the temperature of the enthusiasm within the business, you and then you become able, and you're able to delegate that to your team, actually, as a CEO. It's very important that you every day are doing this. Yeah. And you can't put a price tag on this as far as productivity in the business and your practice and the influence and the impact that you'll make. Because if you don't get that right person in to start with, regardless of putting them in the right role and doing the right work the right way, if you're not starting with the right person, then what ends up happening is you start to change your culture because it's awkward doing it with them. You feel like they're not into it. So what you do is you start diluting or you tone it down or you skip that thing because it feels awkward to everybody. That should be a red flag to you. As the CEO doc, when you start to feel like you have to dilute or you have to change the way you do things or say things because they're not comfortable with it or they're not buying into it, or you sense that it's actually draining their energy, not energizing them, that's a red flag because what will end up happening is cultural drift and you will drift away from your vision story. And next thing you know, you're like, yeah, but they get the job done well and they show up and they're not, you know, I need them. And you start telling yourself stories. Don't tell yourself stories here. This is everything, right? So that cultural shift, your practice is a reflection of your energy. Energy's up, practice is up. Energy's flat, practice is flat. Energy's down, practice is down. Pete, as you were saying that around huddles and the right people and they, you'll show up and they'll be ready. How blessed are we to look? I look at our team right now and we talk about being pulled by a vision, being pulled by purpose. Mary Q, right? I can just picture Mary Q. She shows up and she's pulled by purpose. You don't have to, you, you, she is that Clydesdale in front of the, 
pulling. And then when you think of coach Kate, Kate Rudd, she's pushed by mission. She's on the other side of that thing. Right. So it's like, we have such a magnificent team and they're the manifestation of exactly what we're talking about. Right. So pulled by vision, pushed by mission, man, just uh, our team, we're blessed to have them. So, you know, when we look at this third E, when we talk about edification, you know, you've got to recognize that it's your role as the CEO, your assignment is to surround yourself with A players like we have and edify them, lift them up, right? So catch them doing things right, put words to it, do it privately, do it publicly, do it, you know, according to their quote unquote love language. How do they like to be recognized and rewarded? How do they like to be edified, right? So what a privilege and opportunity as a CEO to be that person, because we all know that it's a recognition is an essential nutrient. And we may be the only source of this nutrient in our team members and in our patients' lives, right? So the chief edification officer knows that to be true. And even if you don't do it automatically and innately, like it wasn't an automatic and innate thing for me, okay? I ran assumptively of, of course you do great work. Of course you're committed to your care plan. Uh, In my mind, it was just an, of, of course, it was fully just expected you know, I'm not one to say, okay, so I, you know, I, my natural state and reflex is not edification, right? So I had to learn. That was a learned skill as a leader. I'm like, wait a minute, instead of bringing my critical spirit to the space and telling people start doing this and stop doing that and correcting where they weren't right, my critical spirit was actually sucking the energy out of my team. It made me a really effective doctor because of, you know, catching people doing things wrong and correcting them, you know, even though I was right, it wasn't the right thing to do. But what I learned quickly was I can actually get better outcomes by catching people doing things right, right? So next thing you know, I was activating that part of my brain. My reticular activating system was trained. I was, I was creating new synapses and synaptogenesis. I was building the habit of, wow, to really optimize my team and elevate myself as a leader, I need to set my critical spirit aside and I need to develop new muscles of recognition and celebration with my team and my patients. Doc, I appreciate you being, you know, just real and raw. And I think, you know, we are on this podcast, we, we just love to share with you kind of like from scar tissue, we always say. And so I, I'll be honest with you, like this is actually a, was a real struggle for me. And it's something I still have. Um, I'm developing fitness in this area. I'm, I'm continuing to because I find that being critical is such a valuable tool. Like I can walk into any environment and very quickly figure out everything that's wrong. I can go to a ra- every time I go to a restaurant, I'm like right hire, wrong hire, bad system, good system, lighting, temperature. Like I just walk in any environment. I'm always I'm, I'm judging the environment. Is this a good environment? What do I like? What do I not like? Ba ba ba. And you know that's a huge benefit for people like me in my position where I can look at anybody chiropractor's practice and very quickly be like that this not that. You can very quickly discover like this is what we need to figure out. This is what we need to correct. This is what we need to work on. Works really well in, in clinical setting as well. It works terrible with people on your team. It just doesn't work well. And I found that, you know, I, personally at home, right, in my own marriage and with my own children and in my business with my team. And so the reality is, is this is this third one. I just want to make sure we make sure we, we, we drop, we leave here with a, an action step because you know, this idea of edification is really important. And so what I have found for me works really well is that every week, and you might maybe build this into your team meeting, and you could build it into your even daily end of day. Like I love how Dr. France and you always talk about at the end of the day, where did we win? What did we learn? Right? Because 
you want to be able to celebrate. So I want to talk about the culture of celebration because what you celebrate, you replicate. And so when you are able to edify, which is recognition of something good that someone did or said or how they showed up or how they were being, that when you can identify that, you actually will begin to replicate that. And so what I have found is build that into a rhythm in your business, CEOs. Build this idea. When you think about your agenda and your meeting, it, it, it really should have a, a part of the agenda that says, you could write the word edification, but really what you're doing is you're celebrating an individual or individuals for what they have done well. And I will tell you, this discipline of edification or celebration or recognition is so critical to the health of your organization, the health of your people. If we really care about people's health, right? We adjust people, subluxation, remove the interference, body heals function. If you really want to deal with really fundamental health, it's actually where spirit, mind, body, right? So you're dealing with the spiritual dimension, mental dimension, when you're actually going into recognition and edification. You're actually dealing with the thing that actually influences most physical dimension. And so this is when you think about your physical practice functioning at the highest level, it actually is a result of the, the spiritual and mental temperature and setting in that business. And that's where if you can and we can identify this and culturally make an adjustment here and intentionally, purposefully focus here and create a discipline of edification, it will go so far for you. So an action step coming from even this podcast here today is think about how you can more intentionally, purposefully, and specifically in a rhythm, create in your meeting rhythms a time for edification to recognize, to appreciate. doesn't have to be big. You don't have to go crazy. Simple. It goes such a long way for the culture of your business. So big. You know, I can feel the depth of this one. I can feel the juice behind it. This deserves a dedicated episode for sure. We unpack this, you know, recognition and celebration. Let's do it because this is, you know, ultimately one of the primary responsibilities of that CEO to be that chief edification officer. So there it is. There's the three, the chief, the CEO. I know your business card might say chief executive officer, and that feels great. But what does that mean? It's not what do you do? It's who do you need to be? You're the chief energy officer. You're the in chief, you're the chief enthusiasm officer, and you are the chief edification officer. And I just want you guys to recognize here that each one of these is a choice, right? It's like, who do you show up as? Who do you, and every day you have the opportunity to do it better. So we like to say remarkable does not imply perfect. So extend yourself the same level of grace that you would extend everybody else, right? And just recognize that every day you get another shot at this, right? Because this is the hard stuff. This is the hard stuff. I know you guys love checklists and the practical tactical stuff to start doing this and stop doing that. Stop being this and stop and start being that as a different, that's a different level altogether, right? And so much of this is just attitudinal. And what we recognize, guys, is that you know, we're all in different circumstances right now. We're all in different situations right now. And we don't know where you are. And frankly, none of that matters, right? Because you know, regardless of where you are, you have the opportunity to choose your attitude. You get the opportunity to choose to be the CEO. You get the opportunity to choose to be the chief energy officer, to choose to be 
the chief enthusiasm officer, the chief edification officer. And although you, uh, you might not be able to change your current situation or you might not be able to change your current circumstances, you can choose your attitude. And when you choose your attitude, it will absolutely change your experience in it and your effectiveness within it. So guys, we just want to just ask you if you know somebody right now, if you know that there's a DC that's really had their ass handed to them over this COVID crisis and this situation, if they've been exposed, if they're still struggling, or they're at a place where they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm ready to go next level. I'm ready to get after it. And they need some help going from owner operator to CEO to turning their job into a business so that they too can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. We just want to thank you in advance for sharing this podcast with them. Share this message with them. Give us the opportunity to come alongside them on their journey. We're honored by that. We thank you in advance. We look forward to seeing you or at least speaking with you on the next episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.